In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Betches Moms, with hosts Aileen Drexler and Brittany Levine. Get ready to lock yourself in the bathroom or wherever else you hide from your kids because you'll literally never be alone again. Hello and welcome to the Betches Moms podcast. I'm Aileen. And I'm Brittany. And today we are joined by Sarah Nicole Landry, a.k.a. The Bird's Papaya on Instagram, to talk all about motherhood, body image, and learning to love your body. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, when you're like, I'm Aileen, and I'm Brittany, and I'm like, and I'm Sarah. And I was like, don't, just <laughs> shut up and ask to be welcomed into this. I was so excited, though. And like, everyone can't see our screen, but like, we're in like, in a, it's like the Brady Bunch right now. I love it. So fun. The last time we talked was on Diet Starts Tomorrow. That was quite a long time ago. That was like during the pandemic. I think of time now just pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, during the pandemic. I know. Or or just post, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the serious times. And now we're like, it is still serious. But we're just also very used to it where there's like this moment. Learning to live with it. Yeah, everyone has it, though, when you say Tom Hanks and everyone's like, oh, Tom, yes, the Tom Hanks day. Like, we all have this, like, that's when it got real. And so it was like, was it, did that happen to you before Tom Hanks or after Tom Hanks? And then we have this, Uh like, fallout from there and and this whole measurement. But yeah, last time we chatted, I want to say that I was still pregnant, maybe, or just had a baby. And you were kind of like... I think you're buying bigger jeans, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know when that happened, but I like to think that everything has not happened at all. It's been like two days and now I'm planning like my daughter's first birthday and I just can't even believe it. And I've had a baby since then. And so has Brittany. And so (laughs) have I. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So things are crazy. But for those who haven't listened to that episode Mm. or don't follow you on Instagram, which you should, can you tell the people who you are? Mm. and just a little bit about what you post about. Oh, my God. I just had a boat. <laughs> like, you did. I so noticed that. Right now? Oh, my God. I feel so at home on this podcast. Oh yeah, God. I'm going to talk about me. Uh, no, <laughs> I always think I don't have a Canadian accent, but I really do. Uh, yeah, I'm Sarah Nicole Landry, a.k.a. The Bird's Papaya. I am The Bird's Papaya because back when I started blogging, I had a toddler and a newborn baby at home. And back then, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, it was so cute to have a cutesy name for your blog. So I named it after my two daughters and their nicknames. So Gemma Birdie, Maya Papaya. And I I, I threw myself into this whole world of um, blogging because it was the first time I ever felt connection and like I maybe wasn't alone in the experiences of life. And then we got social media and like Instagram and it was no longer about what your kids were dressed like or how their nurseries were decorated. It was like what you looked like and who you were. And and then I had my son and I mean, I had 
I had been truly, in a way, traumatized by the postpartum experience, but never talked about it. Still, we're like in the blog world, in the social media world. It's all about how we look, how we're presenting, where, like how cute is your family, everyone matching everything all the time. And, and I love those pages, don't get me wrong. But I definitely was struggling to find myself in my own mothering, who I was, and then to have this postpartum body that I didn't see anybody else have. That really sucked. I had never seen stretch marks on anybody else except for maybe someone like your boobs or like from growth and for whatever reason those for me were like cool and fine but mine from pregnancy they were so large that they went all the way up to my rib cage and I just like didn't I just felt so insecure about the entire experience and for me I guess by the projections of diet culture and this idea that if you somehow make yourself smaller, that will be happier. And I think we get that notion from before and after pictures in which there's like somebody standing and they're very sad. They're so sad about their body. And then they're in this afterwards and they're like got ripped abs and they are so happy. And I'm like, okay, I just got to do this. Like I'm so tired of not living my life because I don't like my postpartum body or I'm struggling in my body. And if I'm going to be honest, I struggled with it since I was 12 years old. Having a baby had really nothing to do with it. It just brought it right in front of my face in a really big way. So I went on to lose 100 pounds, become this like headline story of this mom who's a stay at home mom who by no program at all, you know, lost 100 pounds. And, and the reality was I was just seeking a whole shit ton of validation and community and people were validating me so much for losing weight and and doing it while being a mom. It just felt like I found my purpose. I found my community. I felt so... I just felt so connected into like the entire world of it. So that all said, I basically went into, you know, being a weight loss page and I had all this validation and whatnot and then went through a divorce. So I kind of lost this whole idea of me being this like perfect family and this all this stuff. And I remember someone coming up to me at one point and being like, wow, you've like never looked better. And it broke me because I was like, there's so much more that is going on for me. I have so much more that people don't even know about. And to be honest, I'm, I did this whole weight loss thing because I wanted to live my life more. I wanted to show up. I wanted to be a participant in my kids' lives. And I made weight loss the way that I could do that. And instead, I just had more anxiety. I was terrified to leave the house. I was facetuning my body because I didn't know how to keep getting thinner when I was already at my thinnest. And I didn't feel like I was being, I didn't feel like I ended up having the after photo that I was sold. And so I kind of went, okay, if we're going to deal with this and we're going to be honest about this and I'm going to change the way I make content, I have to go back to like those original moments of shame. And it's not just my weight, it's stretch marks. It's the fact I've never seen them before. And I remember just tiptoeing my way into this world of whatever it is, body confidence maybe, but again, just feeling like it was so confusing because when you are sharing things like that, it's like you're supposed to love them and you're supposed to be confident in them. And I really had to figure out what that all meant. And so my account has become basically a journal of me figuring it out what it is to be a person in a body, to try and show up in the world, and truly what the hell I think self-love and confidence actually is and why we don't all need to feel like we're constantly failing at that too. Okay, well, that's an amazing story. I have a question. How did you go from being at this low point where you didn't feel like you got that after picture to now... Mm to then all of a sudden uh, having confidence on in, like Instagram and showing your body in a way that like you didn't really accept before. 
Like, how did that go? How did that happen? I mean, I think the first step of it was grief. Like, I, I don't think I'd ever done that. I don't think I ever properly went through the emotions of what it is to have a body that changes. I think that we somewhat have this expectations on ourselves to stay a certain size. A lot of us hold on to jeans from when we're in high school or, you know, when you have this measurable of pre-baby jeans to post-baby jeans or all of these different measurements on like what we feel is our worth, it can get really, really confusing. And ultimately, even if those are like beauty standards and diet culture and we know it's like patriarchy and it's like targeted at us, it doesn't mean that you're not still going to have those feelings and we don't need to feel like shit about having them. And I just had to sit in them a lot. And I also had to recognize that if I wanted to show up in my life and in my kids' lives, that I couldn't wait on these feelings of love and confidence and ultimately had to start stepping out in them. And that's when I realized that I was being confident, that I was already exuding that, that it wasn't necessarily a feeling, it was an action. And the same with love. Like we we talk about love in this, in this way where we... Um, we we think of it like butterflies in the stomach. I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to be like, I love what I see. I finally feel so amazing. And if people have those experiences, like God love you. That is so amazing. I've had them. I've had them several times in my life, but it's not my consistency. It's not where I stay. Right. So for me, it is a lot of like struggling in the mirror at times and having to like learn to still go and move forward, even with those thoughts. Because at the end of the day, if anybody's ever been in a relationship with anybody, you know that love is not necessarily waking up with butterflies in your stomach every day. Sometimes it's just like do, getting the Advil for them in the morning when it's like 2 a.m. and they're not feeling well, or it's <laughs> picking up their damn socks for the 40th time, or it's, you know, prioritizing their feelings over your own for two seconds. Like you show up like that's how we do relationship. And yet we talk about self-love and we immediately go to, I just want to feel good in the mirror. I want to like what I see. And it doesn't make sense because that's like an impossibility with how we actually perceive and experience love. Like they're totally different things and you can still have those thoughts and feelings and also like recognize that you need to show up. You need to show up in love. You need to go through with the actions. And ultimately my confidence came through from just, realizing and choosing to believe that I am just as valuable as everybody else around me, that everybody else online, that nobody has, like, we're not like one up in each other here. If I, if my friend has like three babies and no stretch marks on her stomach, she is no better a mother, woman, human for not having that just like I am not less or more for having, you know, very obvious signs of motherhood. And so for me, uh, showing up and doing this online, it's scary as hell. You don't, you're not used to seeing things like this. You're not used to experiencing it. But now I'm like, I don't actually give as many fucks, if that makes sense, (laughs) as I used to, because I now I'm like, I get that it's actually really normal. And there's a lot of people out there like me. And I didn't know that until I started showing up. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You have three children mm. that you had prior to Lemmy. So then how did it then change having to go back into that pregnancy body mm. and then doing it all over again? Well, I think that's it was something really fascinating because typically when I've done this work, it's been like in retrospect, right? Like I went through postpartum before and I I struggled with this and then I went through weight loss and now I'm learning to, you know, heal through that, all of this postpartum stuff that I had years ago. So my kids now are 15, 13, 11. So there is almost an 11 year gap between my youngest from my first marriage and my baby now. So it is quite a significant gap. But I'll be honest, I really, I think that when I entered into pregnancy this time in a different relationship, I really thought that I was going to be okay. I thought that I was going to be like running, running like all pregnancy. I was going to be fit. I was going to enjoy it. I would have learned so much. It was going to be different. I was in a very emotionally stable relationship. Everything would change this time. And then I got prenatal depression, which was the hugest kick in the ass. I had a ton of pregnancy complications and I was sick the entire time. So this, I like when I didn't think I even had an ounce of diet culture left in me, I, it came back to me when I was pregnant. And then to like tap that, like to kick it all off at the very end of it, you have a baby and suddenly all the things that were like cute about you, like your stomach, like how you want ice cream at 2 a.m., are now not very well received. There's like yeah. the opposite, right? Like oh, like, oh, she's really let herself go since becoming a mother. And like, oh, like, how long did it take you to snap back? Like, dear God, like, it's been 15 years and I've never snapped back to who I was before having kids. And this whole, this whole bounce back narrative, whether we like it or not, it's still there. And we think it's not, but go and look at somebody who does look the same after they've had a child. And the comments are so validating towards them that it makes it almost impossible to avoid it for yourself. And so I had to really struggle very in real time, which was like nothing I'd ever done before. I was in the middle of a keynote and somebody said to me, like, how are you doing now? And I just burst into tears like I am in the middle of grief. Like I am in the middle of working through what it is to have this type of change in a body, to have your health change, to have your body change, to have your relationship change. And at the same time, be caring for this little human. It was a lot all at once. And I kind of just let it all go out there. Just really quickly on bounce back culture. I'm like, Mm. I'm like very much in it right now. I thought like, oh yeah, F bounce back culture. I'm going to really just love my new whatever. And, um, you know, we're three months out and I am really like struggling with it because in some ways I'm, I don't want to bounce back to anything, but I also do you want to feel like I feel very different than I did before a baby, but the thing, but I wish that I could sort of at least have the body that I felt mm-hmm. the same in, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, it's not yes. that I want to bounce back to feel like, oh, like no, as if nothing happened, again. right? Yes. As if nothing happened, but it's, it's, it, I don't want to erase anything. And I understand that my body just went through, you know, like everybody says your body just did this amazing thing. I know. Um, but it, it's, I, I can't keep, I can't help but thinking about, 
you know, that direction that like I sort of just kind of want to feel like myself again Mm -hmm. in my maybe it's a different self, but still. You know what I mean? Of course, but not it's necessarily familiar. Like, it's safe. Right. It's who but, you know. It's who you became the most familiar with. And then you were jarringly ripped away from that. And even if it was done by beautiful, lovely things, and that kind of is what is so uncomfortable about these conversations is nobody wants to have them because they're like, but you have this beautiful baby. You're so lucky that you had this experience at all. And then you're left like, you're right. I should just shut up and not have these feelings. But if we, even someone like me who like preaches body confidence and like having a postpartum body, if I'm not also honest about the fact that it is really effing hard to go through like what ultimately feels like a massive identity crisis while going through postpartum it's like you you went from being the most celebrated iconic thing walking this earth to be a pregnant woman and you give birth and it is all ripped from you and you feel like a sack of shit like I hope I'm allowed to swear that's how it feels I agree with that I feel like I'm currently going through that I'm six months postpartum and Mm. the biggest thing for me was that I also have a three and a half year old and I feel very different now yeah. than I did after him because I lost weight so quickly. I yeah. didn't have the same stretch marks. And now I do have all that. And I haven't lost any weight since yeah. I'm giving birth to Jack. Yeah, same. And same. I never, and Aileen and I had a conversation about this. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know if like, I feel like I'm going to be fine because I was fine after Oliver. Like, I'm not going to like grieve this. But like, I'm really grieving my old body right now. And I'm almost yeah. mad at myself that I was, that I thought I was, that I didn't look good, mm. you know, in the past because I look at myself now. I'm like, I looked so much better than I do now. And it's really hard not to look in the mirror and tell yourself that. Of course, of course, right? And, and I think this is where we cannot, like, let's be honest, there is like a big, huge patriarchal tree with roots of diet culture and we cannot make ourselves feel like shit for eating the fruit that hangs from it sometimes right or or at least under like wanting to have it I am somebody who now for the fourth time I actually gain weight postpartum I don't really gain a lot of weight in during pregnancy but everyone's like oh breastfeeding like burning all the calories bullshit. like <laughs> bullshit it is not my story there's so many like us I actually end up gaining a little bit of weight so it is a very sensitive time and I have found myself dancing around do I give up nursing my baby because then I could like level up my hormones a lot faster like I can you know have like all the shift and then I keep thinking about the fact like no like that will just make me regret nothing about my life is different I still have like people who love me I have great friendships I can still go out and do literally everything else I'm just trying to pacify these feelings with the only answer that I've ever known which is losing weight and like yeah. trying to get thinner and so it is it is a concerted ongoing Going effort to make myself aware while also being insanely um, gracious with myself and the reality that it's okay that I am feeling this way and I'm not going to stay here forever. Like, yes, our bodies are going to ebb and flow. And in this particular moment in time, gratitude and grief truly coexist. And I think to kind of try and just brush off the one with the other or be like, you shouldn't feel upset makes it a lot harder for women because then it just... It, it causes shame for feeling it. And shame is like 
the worst thing that we can do for ourselves. So I'd rather be like, yeah, I actually don't love what I look like, but watch me still show up. Watch me still live a very beautiful life. And I am going to do this audacious thing where I'm going to actually show up for my body the best I can. I'm going to show up for myself the best I can. And that will be in exercise that actually works for us postpartum. It's going to be in relationship. I, I, I mean, I noticed myself immediately after giving birth, I started changing in the hallway uh, around my husband. I was like, and he was like, why are you doing that? Like, I know I literally watched you just push a human out of your vagina and you ha- you're going to go out in the hallway and change. Your fr-. Like I was embarrassed. And I think that it's, I think that it's wrong that we're not allowed to have those feelings or feel like we have to like shove them away because it's not positive. And the reality is if you've ever seen the movie Inside Out, it's like my top recommendation for anybody because that movie is all about happiness and joy come from honoring the sad times. And if you don't actually process what happened and you don't actually process your feelings about it, they're more likely to get a hold on you and start dictating your life and dictating your behavior more than if you're like, yeah, I actually, this kind of feels shit. And saying that out loud makes me under, have a lot more um, grace for myself. And now I also recognize that this is a struggle and I would like to work through it. I would like to still go to the beach with my kids this summer. And at the height of my actual postpartum experience was going to the beach with like my kids and stuff and having to like physically fight through those feelings and still do it. And I, and I feel so much better now. Like I, it's getting better by the day without losing any weight whatsoever by just actually moving through this world and with the choice to show up in it, which is, is wild to me knowing how, knowing how hard it was in the past and knowing how hard it is today and the difference in my response. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I love what you said before about like, kind of shifting your perspective and just like remembering nothing else really has changed the same people are still there for Mm -hmm. you that still love you I think that's something that like as just to remind yourself do you have any other like tools or anything that can help a maybe a struggling new mom whether whether you're she's looking in the mirror and there's negative Mm -hmm. self-talk also I don't know if you still experience negative self-talk but how do you kind of cope with that how do you get out of that Yeah, I mean, I think that there is never going to be a time in life where you just like stop experiencing negative self-talk, but I think you learn the tools along the way as to like how to get out of it faster. When I look back on like when I was at my lowest weight and I I mentioned my lowest weight because I think it's important to note that losing weight wasn't where I found happiness, I would find myself sitting on the floor of my closet crying 
for like an hour wanting to burn everything I owned and then trying to pacify that by like buying all new clothes or like throwing money at things, just trying to like fix that feeling. And as time has gone on, I actually don't know the last, like like it's happened, but I don't know the last time I've really found myself going down that path. And I want to be really clear about this. Everyone needs to pay attention to when they're feeling their best and what is helping them have those feelings as well. For me, one part that was really important for me is sometimes it was like wearing the toothpaste bathing suit and just like putting myself out there to like actually recognize that nobody actually cared around me. Mm-hmm. And that the people that I really, that I was so worried about what everybody else was looking at on the beach or whatever, and not even recognizing that my kids just don't even see cellulite or stretch marks. They just see mom. And if I need to show up for somebody, I need to show up for them. But also that you do not have to wear a two piece to get out and move in this world. Sometimes the best possible thing that I could do is wear the yoga pants and a big ass sweater and not think about my body because the end goal here isn't to just like look at ourselves and be like yes I love what I see my end goal here is to stop being so fucking distracted by my body to the point that it's 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 causing me to lose out on experiences and joy in my own life so we do have to pay attention like is this serving us to go out and like force ourselves into the shorts in the two-piece bathing suits or is it going to be better if I just like show up in what I'm comfortable in and don't think about it so much and I think that that's something that we all can only answer for ourselves right like jeans are a trigger for me like if I'm honest like I hate jeans right now because I'm like I always think they're so cute and I sit down and I'm like these are the worst thing ever invented like I never want to step in jeans again and then I change halfway through the day and I'm like thank god because I stopped thinking about it it's it's so hard to put on like I only have one pair right now that fits me and I'm just like all right (laughs) we're just gonna go with it okay but alter I have an alternative question do you think there's anything wrong with pursuing weight loss postpartum Uh, I don't think that there's anything ever wrong with making decisions for your own body. And I also think that body autonomy is huge and important. I just think that diet culture as a whole, if we're going to look at gambling or drinking or very other common activities that have addictive qualities to them, diets aren't often thrown into that mix with the same types of warnings, yet they have the same type, like a very high rate of disordered eating afterwards. If we're going to be honest, it's somewhere between like 90 and 95% of those who diet don't actually find success in it. When we talk about like failure, you actually will end up with more weight on you than you did before ever starting that diet. And then there's like somewhere between 20 and 30% is the people who have the rate of disordered eating after dieting. So this is a very low reward, high risk game we're playing. So when it comes to intentional weight loss, I have no skin in the game of creating any more shame around anybody. Again, picking the fruit of a very big, deeply rooted tree. It is not on us to start like that whole thing. I I just honestly think that people need to go down that journey for themselves. I definitely had to. I had to lose the weight to ultimately see how much it didn't work for me. And I can only tell that story. But I also learned a lot during weight loss in that season. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about experiences in this world, a lot about thin privilege and what that actually looks and feels like, something that I still carry today. I never have returned to that initial high weight. So I still have this thin privilege that I have experienced from losing weight in the first place. 
But I do think it's important for us to understand the risk and understand uh, the warnings that that are there and make ourselves educated through it and ultimately feel like even if you pursued weight loss or any type of enhancements or surgeries or anything, again, I don't actually care, that you feel like you have people to support you at the end of it, even if you made the quote unquote wrong choice for yourself, which is not a choice anybody else can make for you. At the end, if you made the wrong choice that you feel afterwards, that you don't have ultimately a bunch of people who also shamed you for making it. I think we just have to be really supportive because it's not it's not the fruit of the tree's fault. Yeah. So you were saying before that there's an 11 year age gap between your two youngest kids. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit. What has it been like parenting essentially in two different decades? Oh my gosh. I mean, there's parts of it that are actually so incredible. We have like three built-in second parents, like second, third, fourth parents in this house, right? Like they are so interactive. They are so engaged. And then they're also, like people are always like, what it's like, what is it like to parent like teens and parent a baby? I'm like, no, it's different to parent like kid to kid. You know, you've got two and you have a baby that hasn't even like fully formed its personality, but I'm sure you can already tell they're not the same. So you kind of have to navigate each and every single kid. And that's kind of like, I feel like my oldest to my middle to my youngest of the first group are all parented very, very differently in terms of like what their needs are, because in the end, parenting is a form of relationship building. You are trying to teach them how to ultimately live away from you to be prepared for this world and find independence. And that looks different for each one of them. My oldest struggles with depression and anxiety. I have consent from her to share that. Um, And then we have this like happy-go-lucky little baby who sometimes keeps us up at night, right? So we have very different needs for each individual child and it's constantly navigating what works best in this dynamic for all of us to be supportive for them and their needs right now. It's going to change a million times over, but I just have to remind myself that that ultimately is the question that I'm asking and answering. And for some of them, they're like my middle daughter loves to FaceTime me 45 times a day, like to talk about the most random crap. And like my baby cries when she needs something. They're both just having different forms of communication. And I'm looking to kind of meet those needs while respecting my own boundaries and figuring that out. And it's been it's different kid to kid. Ultimately, that age gap, I was so scared of it. And it it has been like a nothing. If anything, it's just brought a whole lot of I mean, teens are in this window between like childhood and adulthood and having a baby in the house like almost gave them permission to hold on to their childhood just a little bit longer and that's what makes me really like happy because I think as a parent there's part of us that when you have kids you throw yourself back into your own childhood you're like we get to do Christmas again we get to like go to parks we get to play we get to do all this stuff that like as adults we've kind of been removed from and now Mm -hmm. I'm watching my kids as they've grown up toys are no longer cool it's no longer a thing (laughs) and then a baby's in the house and I find it so funny how much they just sit down and play and they use the baby as like the means as to why they're doing it but ultimately they're still kids they're just still they're just they're just sitting on the ledge of that window and it's just been a really nice thing to pull back and I say that especially around the holiday season and the fact that we're like oh my gosh it's Christmas and this is really exciting 
my brother is 10 years younger than me actually really Um, yeah so I definitely I don't know if it made me feel like more of a kid but I felt like he was my baby and growing up and I would like take care of him and I think Mm -hmm. of him very fondly as like a baby (laughs) it's it's such a it's it's a different dynamic but we're still like it's it's just it's different but it's still amazing so yeah it's weird to see my 15-year-old because she technically could be her parent. And, right. like, I watch her and she has, like, these like these maternal instincts. Like, she'll hear the baby yeah. awake and she whipped up the stairs racing us to get the baby. Like, we kind of fight over it a little bit, right? But she was not interested in the baby at all at first and has slowly, like, really fallen in love with the experience. And I've really let that be okay, too, right? Like, they were teenagers that didn't really ask for a baby sister and... This was a lot for them. And so we kind of allowed all those feelings. And ultimately, it's really bonded our family more than anything. That's that's amazing. I also I remember having like nightmares of my brother like falling or things like I took on that maternal fear. Yeah, it's so funny. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But just to go back sort of now, like kids and body image... Mm. Yeah. Do did your struggles with body image ever interfere with your relationship with your kids? Um, that's a good question. I really thought that I hid my entire weight loss story. Like I thought that I was real good at just like hiding that whole thing. And I remember my daughter one day uh, she goes to me, all anybody, she's, she loves to be a little, like, she's a little judgy. I'm just going to say that. And she was just like, all anybody loves you for is cause you lost weight. And I was like, she was maybe nine at the time, nine or 10. And I was like, oh, how oh dare God. you? There's a lot of other reasons people like me. And she was like, okay, well, all anybody talks to you about is like how you lost weight. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, I thought that I was hiding this entire experience from her and thinking like I wasn't making weight this like big topic. And ultimately it was impacting them. It was a part of their life. They were seeing me be be validated for being smaller in it also at a season when they were progressively growing. And it really was somewhat of also a decision for my, like while it was uncomfortable for myself to like ditch dieting um, and stop like this weight loss obsession it also was slightly out of protection of my kids because mm-hmm. I knew what I was doing and how dangerous it was. I came from, there's like family members who have like decade long uh, eating disorders in our family. I was very aware that this is something that's very ingrained in us and has been a repeat offense in our family, not offense, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. so I had to kind of have a desire to break that cycle a little bit and I it was weird because you have to start recognizing how you validate your kids. And uh, a big part of that was like, oh, my gosh, you're so pretty. And oh, my gosh, you look so good in that. And having to move away from like, I just love who you are as a person and reminding them over and over again that like their value isn't in that and that I value them beyond that. And like you being so pretty is not your purpose here. Like I want you to be more than that. And 
And I witnessed as the pressures mounted for them as well. My two daughters have very different body types. My oldest daughter is not active at all. She literally thinks that running and walking is the worst thing in the world. (laughs) She is very picky. She has like uh, sensory issues. So it's very hard for her to try new foods, eat new foods. Vegetables are like really difficult for her. And then my middle daughter is like, built like a gymnast and she is in cheer. She's a stunter. She weight lifts. She's all over the place. She eats literally everything, like loves everything. And I remember we went to the doctor and they were both having checkups. And the one that was like my, you know, thinner daughter who doesn't really, you know, do anything, there was like no concerns. And my daughter who is more athletically built and just like a lot more what I would categorize as like living a healthy lifestyle, which is no bearing on like their value at all, but also just like to note it, they went and ran diabetes tests on her. And I was like, you didn't even make a comment on the other one. And like, she won't even eat a vegetable to save her life. And here we are running diabetes tests. Like it it just starts at such a young age too. And that was several years ago. And now they've like truly blossomed into more like they're taller than I am now. And um, continuing on this path of having very different bodies. And I think that was really important for me to in real time witness as I was like obsessing around my own weight to see that like I had to kind of also see how the world treats people for their weight and how my one daughter was already being given more privilege while the other one was being scrutinized. And I watched, you know, my one kid be called fat for the first time in grade four. And I think everybody has that moment where somebody said something about their body. And I had to watch my daughter go through that and relive all my own trauma that I experienced going through that. And I didn't want her to just diet her way to a sol- to these people accepting her when she was already fantastic and amazing as she was. So I don't know how it's going to turn out. Parenting is not something that you end up ever getting a grade score on. You don't really find out how good of a job you did. Mm-hmm. But I have got to try my best. And, and I can only do that based on the experiences that I've had and, and the learnings I've had and what it was like to live my life and kind of sit in the front seat with them not directing the car in their journey, but like sitting and holding the map and saying like, do you want me to show you the path I took? And do you want me to like, like, do you want me to call out these cautions? Like, where do you want us to go? But I can't get in that seat and I can't drive that journey for them. That's something that they ultimately have to do. That's a very astute thing for your kid to say, like that people are only want to hang out with you or like you because of your weight loss. It's like very... Um, kind of slapped me in the face. Right. Yeah. Did, did one day, do you have to sit, when you decided to like kind of shift your whole like narrative, did you have to sit them down and be like, okay, we're not talking about this anymore? Or was it like a slow progression? I mean, it was a slow progression for me. So it definitely was a slow progression for them. It, it started as a, as a basic, like, look, I have stretch marks and loose skin. That is like a normal thing that happens with like having kids and like after you lose weight and And as I began to eat food and exist around food again, keeping in mind that I did have extremely disordered eating, that when I started to try and eat to the level that I needed to just to like sustain my body, uh, for context, I lost feeling in my legs at one point. So it began, it, it did become like really severe. So I was like starting to kind of gain and having to like in in reality, figure this out while like doing this dance online of like what I was open to sharing and not. 
but my kids do read what I write. So when I'm writing it now, and as I slowly progress, like they have learned that through me, but every once in a while, they're like, they'll make a comment about like a body thing and they'll be like, sorry, mom. And I'll be like, oh, fine. Like, I can't protect you from, I, I can't, right? It's the same as like your, I, I always swear around my kids, but if your kids learn to swear, I learned to swear without my parents ever swearing around me. Kids learn things without you being the one teaching them. You might be the first narration voice, but they're going to have a lot of other players in the game as they go through life. So I don't think that you can necessarily just like avoid the whole topic of diets and weight and that whole culture. But I think the best I can do is just live, is just show up and show them that I am struggling, but that I'm continuing to be here and continuing to do stuff and look where it gets me. Look how great it is. Look at the memories we're making. And that's the best I can do. So you mentioned before you had to experience your child being called fat. How, what did you do? How did you talk to them about that? I mean, it was awful because I think that I was also replaying that happening to me in the seventh grade. And when it happened to me in the seventh grade, I remember the kid who said it to me. And I remember when I was, I was wearing blue or sorry, purple corduroy flare pants and a crushed velvet daisy purple shirt. Why do I remember that? Because it actually is ingrained in my brain as trauma. Like it was a trauma moment for me and that has stuck with me forevermore. And so when it happened for her, it was like I was trying to protect her from the fact that I understood what this one comment did for her. And I'll be honest, she's never been the same. Maybe not in like big, bold ways been different, but she noticed her body for the first time in grade four. And that was because somebody else made a comment. It was not because we did. It was not because a doctor did. It was not because of any other reason except for kids noticed her changing as she was entering into puberty, as you do. And somebody called her fat and that changed her life. And then we've also had to learn, and I have had to learn, that fat isn't inherently negative. It is not a negative thing. It's a descriptor. And there are, I think for all of us, if we could all do ourselves a favor, is like follow people who are fat activists and watch them move through this world and teach us the lessons because we are so protective. We, th- I would never have considered myself someone that was like fat phobic. I was so okay with like fat liberation and fat movements, but also not okay with me ever having fat on my body. So that was a real wake up call to then watch my child go through that, watch her have that trauma and also recognize why am I so afraid for her and realizing this whole world is structured around catering to thin people, giving them that privilege if they are thin and me wanting to avoid that pain for her and also recognizing my own pain and discomfort through that all. So, I mean, it's it's not something I fully learned and have fully grasped, but it's something that I will continue to, especially for the sake of my kids, because ultimately I want them to live big, full lives, even if they are in big, full bodies. They will not have a difference in love from me. I don't want them to have a difference of experience in this world. So my issue shouldn't be with them. It has to be like, how do we have better conversations and create at least, at the very least, a home where they feel supported and loved and protected? Ultimately, that's the best thing that we could do for our children. Mm. I think so, too. 
do you ever like do you have any kind of tips for how to teach and encourage kids to have a positive body image Mm. like at home a big one for me was actually following this page on instagram called beauty redefined and they work so much in like peeling back the layers of our society that to help us understand why because a lot of times we just live in the surface of why like I feel uncomfortable in my body. We don't really ask the why. We don't really like go in. That just sounds like a lot of work and a lot of effort yeah. to have somebody like from a psychological and like medical standpoint explain to us why like we feel these certain things, why, and even as simple as like why modesty doesn't work, why modesty is like being imposed on our children. There's so many layers to like the work they've done. That has been a huge, huge point of learning for me. And also a page called Sex Positive Families. I realize that sex is like an entirely different conversation, but Sex Positive Families helped me realize that having conversations with kids was is ultimately better than not like you can't just leave them to their own vices into the world to teach them if you teach them then or if you carry through that learning with them there's a lot more than uh it's a much more positive experience for everybody than not so if my kids want to talk about diet culture they want to talk about body image they want to talk about their fears of fat or fat phobia like let's have those conversations let's not have you going on tiktok and being targeted with another diet ad because it is everywhere you just gave us two potential guests <laughs> oh my Thank gosh you. like the beauty I redefined like change it will change your life like truly sometimes they just like i'll like make a whole post and i'll be like i don't know why i'm feeling this way and they'll make a comment on my post and it'll be like what like they just have <laughs> so much they've done so much work that i've never done so like they're they have been truly transformative for me as i've like gone down this path of my own journey and while being a parent I'm very excited to follow. And being that you you have three daughters and a son, correct? Yeah. Do you feel like there's a difference with how he perceives things and your daughters perceive things and how you talk to them? I know you were saying that they're all different people. Of course they are. But mm-hmm. just being gender playing a role. Yeah. It, it, it not so much plays a role in how, like my husband always reminds me of that, like, He's like, you think that you're the only one that like gets insecure about their body. Like men do too. It's just not, it's not the same. Like when you look at, when you look at like, let's take for instance, like the sexiest man alive. Like we've had the run of the gamut of different body types and people and like women are, it's very much, it's the same. It's one singular mold and the goalpost just moves a little, right? Like decade after decade it moves and it changes what is the standard for women. And for men, they're like, you know what's hot? Dad bots. You know what's hot? Having a belly. You know what's hot? This. And it's just like, damn. So I do think it's more like watching my son move through it. But I do feel like what has been important for me is to prepare him not just to be a man in a world if he is a man, like if that's ultimately the gender that he has assigned himself to, if he is like moving through this world as a man and he looks around and is like, yeah, I, I feel accepted in this, in this society. Fantastic. I'm so happy for you. If you're struggling through that, I get it. Like there is also male scrutiny that the rate of eating disorders around men is actually um, growing. However, I also want him to be prepared to what it's 
like to support a woman through this, what it's going to be like to be a partner or a friend or a sibling to a woman in this world, or even as a son, like, what does that look like for us? And having those conversations, not just with the girls, but also with him, I think is really important. And we have this conversation all, all the time about like not commenting on people's bodies, recognizing, you know, that that changes a person when you identify them as their body or when you make a comment about their body, good or bad, because even if it's really, really good, I think about this all the time when I think about people who have like when that they fit the mold and like not to like, not to like, you know, layer on like oh that must be so hard for you that you're so perfect but ultimately can you imagine being so validated in your looks that the fear I can imagine what that fear must be if anything should change that what happens as you age Mm -hmm. or what happens if you gain weight what happens if you have a baby are you still loved the same when you understand and see that your value point is what you look like? That's scary. So I just want them to start seeing people for people, recognize that more and more, filter themselves. I understand they're going to make mistakes. They probably have. Filter themselves into the comments they make about other people and even comments they make about like celebrities. Because I've gone down that hole where I'm like, I would never talk ill about a woman's body. And then I'll be like, oh my God, they're Kardashians. Like, no, no, no. All women, all women, all women, all bodies, right? Like I have to get myself out of that cycle of even having those thoughts. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. This has been amazing. Um, Everyone go follow Sarah at the birds papaya. Um, you post such inspirational, inspiring things. Like even this conversation today, I feel better. <laughs> Same. So, I feel like a changed person after this conversation, yeah. <laughs> honestly, because I've been struggling a lot and this has been very helpful. Same, so thank you. Isn't it nice to just be able to say that with like other postpartum moms? Like, wow, this is a shit show, eh? Like this is yeah. real hard. This could be yeah. hard sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it truly is a shit show, but we're doing it together. And um, so everybody can follow you on Instagram at the birds of Papaya. Well, that is it for this episode of Betcha's Moms Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Apple and Spotify. Follow Betcha's Moms on Insta. And follow me at Aileen. And remember, there are no rules on this podcast. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom, right, Regina? Please stop talking. The Betcha's Moms Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Social media by Brittany Levine. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Moms on Instagram and send us your emails to moms at betches.com. Betches.